0: Welcome, welcome, guys. We're back for another episode of The Lock-In, sponsored by Unibet Poker. I'm David Lappin, alongside Dara O'Carney, who I believe is grinding the Unibet PKO series as we speak right now. So if he does lose his train of thought, please be forgiving of him. Uh, He's simultaneously going to have to answer questions and figure out his equity in uh, -in all-in-call spots. Uh, Dara, how's the grind going for you?
1: i have going pretty well. I'm in the l- lower reaches of the top twenty in, on both leaderboards at the moment. So, uh, top twenty are paid on that leaderboard. So, mm. I'll be grinding that hard for the rest of the week. Um, it's been good to get back to online. I played so little online since even got back from Vegas. I think I only played about two days before I started traveling again. So, um, it's it's nice to know that I still remember how to play online.
0: Yeah the live poker boom's pretty relentless these days. Well look this week we have a very special guest speaking of live poker boom he's been a chipraise guest A few times, but this is his first time on the lock in. He's the 2006 online player of the year, the 2016 Aussie Millions main event champion, an MSPT winner in 2017, a bracelet winner in 2019, a two time Heartland Poker Tour champion, and a 15 now, 15 time WSOP circuit ring winner. All told, he has won 45 live poker tournaments, amassing 8.4 million in live tournament winnings in the process. He is, of course, our good pal, Ari Engel. Ari, welcome to the show.
2: Hey, thanks. Thanks, David. Hi, Dara. Glad to be here.
0: It's great to have you on the show, Ari, uh, particularly on the heels of all those good results. We do want to get to maybe the specifics of some of that stuff a little bit later on. But first, I want to talk to you a bit about health and fitness. Um, I remember... Uh, Ari, your first visit to the show, you explaining the life of a traveling pro. And the one thing you emphasised actually with diet, you talked about how easy it is to slip into bad eating habits when you're living a nomadic existence. And that's certainly something I think Dara and probably even more so I can relate to from my poker travels. Dara is, uh, is better at choosing wisely off menus and uh, still getting runs in. Um, is that something you still successfully prioritize?
2: Um, it's a battle for sure. And, uh, uh, I, I have my better times and my worst times, um, when it comes to going to the gym, when it comes to eating well, uh, it's rough. Um, I think, I think most of us don't really have, and, you know, for sure myself don't have this like healthy attitude when it comes to, uh, doing well or do or busting out of tournament. So when you lose a tournament, you're like, Effort. I'll Ice just cream. eat whatever <laughs> and when, Yes, I. Yes, exactly. That's definitely <laughs> one of my uh, one of my go tos. And then and then on the other hand, when you win, also it's like okay, I'll celebrate and and eat bad stuff. So uh, it's just kind of so easy to uh, and then and then also when you're playing, it's like you don't have a long time, so it's you just kind of go for the convenient thing. Um, it's very, very tough to eat well. And then a lot of times you have a late night and, and it's tough to wake up and just want to go to the gym. So um, it's it's a battle. And I find myself uh, going up and down uh, when it comes to weight and being healthy. I'm I'm currently in a uh, little bet where we have to do 10,000 steps a day. Otherwise, there is a financial penalty. So that's a little something um, to make sure. And, you know, I, I've done the 10,000 steps now, probably for like six months straight. Haven't missed a day. Um, so that's something. But um, I've had quite quite a few. My share of ice cream is uh, is also pretty high. So, uh, yeah, it's a battle.
0: Well, you've had a lot of reasons to celebrate wins as well. So I guess yeah, that, that that's the problem then when the ice cream kicks in for the wins and you win too much. I mean, um, Dara, aren't this... <laughs> go on.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, you know, for every one win, there's many, many tournament losses. So, uh, yeah, even even during a good run, um, you know, you're getting out of tournaments far more often than. um, Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Uh, I'd like to I'd like to say I uh, me and Jason Kuhn have very similar uh, (laughs) mottos when it comes to health and fitness, but uh, that'd be a lie.
0: Well, look, on this subject, Dara, you penned uh, an excellent blog on Vegas Slots Online last week. Uh, You made the disclaimer, of course, that you aren't a nutritionist, nor are you a a health specialist. But to be fair, you are a former ultra runner who still routinely runs marathon length training runs each week. And, uh, you know, I hope this is okay to say, but you are a, a decent way into your 50s. So, your opinion, in my in my opinion, is worth listening to. Uh, with the life of a poker player in mind, what are your main pieces of advice when it comes to diet and exercise?
1: Yeah, well, first of all, I have enormous respect for people like Gary who are literally on the road all the time and are, and, and, and are still able to maintain a pretty healthy lifestyle and, and diet because I find it extremely difficult when I play live poker um, to, to do either. Now, we spent last week in Barcelona. I did get out for a couple of runs and made an effort to eat as healthy as possible. But with the best will in the world, I kind of always take the attitude on these live trips, look, it's never going to be as good or as healthy as I am at home. I'm just going to have to accept there's going to be a certain degradation. The, and then I work in the periods between trips uh, to sort of get super fit. as as fit as i can which is why i still do so much training on the diet thing i would say that um one worrying trend i've spotted in poker is that uh there just seems to be a different fad every so often um there's very much a sort of a temptation for people to go to quick for quick fix diets and you know most fad diets are at least um somewhat effective in the short term but it's usually by you know tricking certain parts of the body or adjusting water all all that sort of stuff my experience as a runner was very much that you just have to eat healthily across the board um people used to ask you know when you get when you're on a 24-hour race for example you have to consume twenty thousand calories in that 24 hours which is uh what an average person eats in a week and how how do you do that while running and you very quickly find out that if you eat too much of anything your body will just get sick and break down so what you have to what you end up doing in a 24-hour race is you end up eating as much as you can of absolutely everything and i think that's just a kind of a good general approach to diet to have a very mixed varied diet um don't eat too much of any one thing um eat a small amount of all the stuff that's healthy um and that that way you're sort of covering all your bases, making sure that you're getting all the proper nutrition.
0: Yeah, solid advice there. You mentioned Barcelona. Uh, turning now to, I guess, the subject of Barcelona, we just got back from the Astreas. Um, We explained in the last lock-in our reasons for not playing the EPT. Uh, it's well publicised that the tax situation is murky in Spain. Uh, Ari, we spoke about this last week, actually, by message, and, and you expressed similar concerns Um, I know EPT Barcelona is a festival you've attended many times in the past, um, aided by two extra starting flights. The Estrellas broke the 1K record for Europe, but it was noticeable that in the higher buy-in stuff, the the smaller fields, um, uh, it was smaller fields compared to previous years, if you like. Um, I don't know if that's going to continue into the 10K, which I'm not sure has it started yet. It might have just started today. But uh, very noticeable with the kind of the high roller stuff, you like the 25k and up, that those fields are way, way down. And from what everyone was saying, it was because of that uh, tax concern. Did you have um, much conversation in your circles about the, the Spanish tax situation? I'm, I'm guessing, you know, if if ever the American kind of guys are going to come over to Europe, it's for a stop like Barcelona. And a lot of them didn't this year.
2: Yeah, Um I, uh, I hate to give you guys compliments. It really pains me, but um, I think you guys did a really good job last week discussing uh, discussing that. Um, and um, no, like my circle uh, doesn't, you know, my close friends don't really consider traveling to Europe um, much. So there wasn't there wasn't that discussion. But you know, I I had the discussion for myself, and I was looking for resources, and so I was glad uh, glad to listen to what you guys had to say. Um, And, uh, yeah, ultimately I decided, you know, I, 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 uh, I'm, I'm anyway like playing a lot more mixed game stuff now. So, uh, it's, uh, it wasn't quite as tempting as it would. I probably would have played in past years, um, given this situation, also the way U S taxes work. Uh, I don't think it would be the same negative effect on a U.S. player that it might be on a player that comes from a country, um, where you don't have to pay taxes on, uh, on poker income. Um, I believe uh, that if you pay, if someone like me pays taxes in a different country, um, I wouldn't get double tax. So, you know, given that it has been a profitable year for me, I'm anyway going to have to pay um, X percentage of taxes. So if some of it went to the Spanish government instead, um, I I don't think I'd get I don't think it would have much of a negative effect.
0: Well, that's interesting. I didn't realize that it would offset. I, I I thought that maybe you would just pay it all in America, but maybe the Spanish get first dibs on that. Darry, I remember oh, you telling well, me that
2: oh sorry, go on. Yeah, no, if it is if it if, you know, I don't know who would get first, but um but I don't think I would be double double uh, penalized or double taxed. So yeah, I'm not sure who would get first dibs.
0: Yeah, Darry, I remember when we chatted about this, you you talked about your previous work in consultancy and said that so you know for certain jobs the irish government you know would would tax you at home but if you like let's say it was germany or spain or whatever it was back then they would sort of have first claim on it is that sort of the way it worked
1: Uh, yeah pretty much there needs to be a what's called a double taxation agreement between the two countries there is one between ireland and the states for example uh, which was a setup because there were so many irish companies setting up in ireland and you know they wanted to have employees american employees and they didn't have to pay double tax now that's worked out for them, but it's also worked out great for us. It means when we go to the WSP, we don't have to pay any tax, um, even though we're paying zero tax in Ireland. We also pay zero tax in the states. Uh, I'm not sure about the legal situation between Spain and, and and the USA. I think Spain certainly has double taxation agreements with most of their EU partners, um, but but not all, as I understand it. Um, so yeah, it it's it it was interesting talking to Americans because Americans are so used to the idea that they should be taxed anyway on poker that, uh, you know, one American I spoke to went well, well, like 19% is not much. I'd, I'd have to pay more than that back home. So mm-hmm.
2: um,
1: I think it probably had less impact on Americans than it had on say people like us who live in countries where we're just not used to paying tax on, on, on poker income.
0: Yeah. Good point. Uh, Dari, you obviously joked on Twitter about how you spared yourself any Uh, tax worries by bricking the trip um, for the record. I pretty much broke even, so I'm probably not worth chasing if there's anyone from the uh, Spanish tributaria agencia out there. uh, Yeah, just, you know, maybe go after uh, one of the others. Um, But joking aside, a brick trip is a rare thing in Doakland. In fact, you've been cashing so much this past year or so. I actually can't remember the last time it happened to you. Um, I know you're too... Long in the tooth, shall we say, to be bothered by a sample size of eight or nine tournaments or whatever it was. But I do remember that epic bad run we shared, Dara, I think it was around 2014 when combined, I think we cashed one out of 37 tournaments across five away trips. And needless to say, uh, we, we didn't make for great company for each other during that period. Do you have any tips for players who are on a bad run, specifically in the live arena where perhaps there is that greater feeling of emotional investment and time investment.
1: Yeah. I mean when I go through those periods, I just remind myself of how ridiculously small live sample sizes always are. Uh, you know, even even that run was less than an average Sunday. And we've all had Sundays where we bricked everything. So um it's it's gonna happen and you just kind of have to accept that it is part of the part of the long term if you're doing it for long enough. Um if you're doing it in the short term, you know you can you can you can run very well and maybe get out and never have to experience that. But it's it's really just a matter of yeah, and 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 another thing I would say is that there has it depends on what you're playing. Like I remember during that run, we were mostly playing fairly fast turbo side events, and mm. uh, you know the the variance is going to be even higher in those um, than say the really slow structured stuff that a lot of people play. So you know maybe guys grinding the forty five man tritons that all have reasonably good structures are not going to be likely to have the same bad runs but if you're playing 2000 runner fields with fast structures you are going to have a bad run like that and you just kind of have to zoom out and just realize you know if you look at your shark scope graph for online even if it's a solid winning graph going up 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 uh if you zoom in on any part of it most of the time you're going down um the nature of tournament poker is you're on a downswing almost all the time um and uh, you know i i'm coaching a one of my students was asking me about this recently. He sent me his graph and it was incredibly impressive. But he said, like, yeah, but if you take out the the, the, the wins, it's not that impressive. And I was like, well, that's literally the way tournaments work. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that is that is how tournaments work. He, uh, um, And you just kind of have to remind yourself that. You know, we keep showing up. We're going to lose our money most of the time. Um, but hopefully in the long run, um, uh, unless, unless you're on as well as Ari, and like Ari apparently just doesn't downswing.
0: Well, 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 two things with Ari. Firstly, I do actually remember about 12 years ago or more, maybe a, an early interview of yours, Ari, where you said a phrase which I really liked and I've copied many times down the years where you said losing is part of a winning strategy, which I just thought was a very nice, succinct way of, it, of explaining it. But also I did notice that, you know, if you took out your wins, It does become a little grim because you seem to win a lot of your tournaments. I was going through your seconds and your thirds, 45 wins, but I think it was 26 seconds and 16 thirds. So your conversion rate's pretty awesome there. Given the volume you play, uh, you might be, you know, maybe in the top five in the world, I'm guessing, for live bullets fired in any given year. You must have seen all the streaks at this point, good and bad ones. Uh, Any epic bad ones that stand out?
2: Um, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I, in, uh, 2014, um, I was, that was also coincidentally the last time I lost the race, but, um, in 2014, <laughs> um, in 2014, uh, the first half of the year, uh, probably like including world series, uh, uh I think my biggest buying outside of the WSOP main during that time was like 3,500. There are a lot of 400s. And things like that, and I went on a uh, this only live tournament, um, probably like 100 to 150k downswing during that time. Nice. Um, so yeah, so that was that was a pretty bad one. Um, I did get uh, get lucky and uh, win the scoop low main event during that time for around a similar amount. So um, you know that 100 tournament uh, equaled out to all the high buy and live stuff. Uh, But I would say all this is um, uh, kind of, uh, you know, people talk about bankroll management and things like that and making sure you don't take too much of yourself in, um, in, in a live tournament. There is a lot of talk about taking shots and um, I've heard people talking about that, but I think uh, all this like underscores the importance of playing, playing at ins where if you lose 10 in a row, you know, it's not going to affect you financially uh it probably will affect you somewhat mentally but hopefully not too much um but yeah it, it underscores the importance of you know kind of the the boring stuff uh like you know like bankroll management like uh like uh, approaching the game in a professional manager like a uh, manner like uh you know you're being your own boss and things like that
0: yeah you you joked about something there but it It is actually something that I've really noticed about you. I think Darren, I may have actually had a chat about this or maybe it was myself and someone else of no, how you was do awesome. like to post. It was me, was it? You know where I'm going with yeah. this? Yeah. Yeah. You do like to post the, oh my God, I'm running so well. Oh my God, I can't lose a race kind of post. And I wondered if that was like actually something you genuinely feel like you are particularly Sun running or is it like more baked into a mindset that you just want to feel lucky and it's a sort of a a mental or 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 mindset position that you would prefer to take because obviously a lot of people in poker take the other one the i run so bad kind of people
2: uh no it's not it's not a mental trick basically um what was happening was in my like private groups throughout the past few years it just became apparent like that it's just like crazy you know i mean there's always you know. You run deep in a tournament. There's always the player that has aces. There's always the player that has kings with eight people left in a big tournament. And it's just like I'm always the player that has aces in those spots. And you know, <laughs> when I got the kings, the king comes. Um and <laughs> after after years of this happening, you know, privately, I just was like, Okay, you know, let's uh we might as well talk about it publicly. It is just insane the way I I mean, it has to be, right? There has to be someone that runs. In the top few percentile and there has to be people that run bad there has to be people that run even and it just like i can go back spot after spot after spot you talk about you know some of those big tournaments uh i i mean i would start talking about the beats that i've delivered it's just it is it is truly insane how good i've run now i'm not i think i'm pretty good i think i play decently but um you know eight people left in aussie millions i, I was first the player was third had kings uh you know the the 2500 bracelet event i won it like afterwards i posted like this was 2019 i wasn't you know none of this like twitter bit was happening but it was like 15 or 18 different like flips are better that i want like it's it just is completely crazy how this keeps happening to me
0: <laughs> well long may I continue um i mentioned yeah, i there- hope so thanks
2: I mean, yeah. although it, w- it would be nice to experience at some stage, uh, you know, the pain of poker at some stage, I'd like, i like. Mean, I don't want it to happen all the time, but at least want to be able to have empathy with uh, some of my, you know, poker playing uh, compatriots uh, because, uh, yeah, I don't know. Doesn't that those kind of stuff don't happen to me? <laughs>
0: Well, <laughs> well, I mentioned, uh, EPT Barcelona, which is obviously ongoing, uh, as we record this, the other really big EPT each year is Prague. And, uh, last year, Prague faced tough competition must be said for the first time in the form of an absolutely brilliant WPT in the win. Uh, nonetheless, it managed to break some records. So, you know, it just shows how boomy poker really is these days and, uh, how stars still did very well out of their, one of their flagship events. that We like and probably Barcelona is the big one, but second biggest, uh, Anyway, um, this year it will face further competition as the WPT win and GG WSOP Bahamas all clash with us. Um, it's an interesting decision, it must be said, by GG WSOP who have started a multi-front war in a sense with this scheduling choice. Uh, online, they're going to battle it out for stars uh, for all that like satellite liquidity. Um, uh, Stars have just launched their power path so clearly recognizing that they're in a bit of a war they've come up with a good innovation there and uh, and, and live there will be this sort of battle for America with WPT uh, who should benefit enormously it must be said from all the goodwill around that fantastic event last year. Ari you're obviously someone who is somewhat loyal to the WSOP and WSOP circuit as, as well uh, but you know you do spread your volume around too. Uh, where do you think you'll be?
2: Um, well, as as you know, in discussing, uh, coordinating this, uh, this uh, discussion that we're having, um, you were like, okay, two days from now, what's the story? I, I, I don't know where I'm going to be. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, two days from now, I don't know where I'm going to be. Uh, months from now, I really don't know. Uh, I would have to, you know, uh, if I'm going to lean in one direction where I think, I think uh, most likely it will be the win um sorry i, w- I was w- sure it was going to be
0: like uh it's going to be a circuit event in poughkeepsie i think that's where i'll be uh that's
2: <laughs> i mean it, it, if uh, if there is something going on in iowa at that time obviously uh <laughs> that's uh that's my go-to um but uh yeah yeah i uh, win is one of my favorite places to play uh Ooh. in in the world um, so, uh, yeah, i both, I've, I've played quite a fair amount in the last few years, cash games at the win. I've played a lot of the tournaments, uh, there and, um, throughout the years I have played quite a bit of WPT. I just haven't had success. So, um, uh, or, or like the, the really big results, um, when it comes to the WPT stuff. So it's not like I don't support them. Uh, I'm big Matt Savage fan and a big fan of, um, not not being overly loyal to any one brand. I think the competition in the poker industry is amazing. And um, uh, I felt, um, I played basically only World Series this year, but every other year I've spread it around. And the only reason I played only World Series was uh, for fantasy draft purposes. Uh, the team that picked me um, really went out of their way to... Uh, incentivized me to to play um <laughs> world series stuff and I, I kind of felt obligated when uh when the decisions were close to uh to kind of uh, return return it to them by not playing uh the orleans 308
0: well look the wpt have uh, haven't announced yet but there is mutterings of a 40 million guarantee in the 10k main uh that's obviously an insane number they guaranteed 15 last year got 29 if that number happens to be true they're really going for it and they're sort of you know if gg have declared war on them well they're sort of you know more or less saying bring it on um it does blow gg's 15 million out of the water but then you think about well how many people will be in prague and that will probably get seven or eight million without a guarantee uh it's it just feels as though like I don't know if there's that many people who play poker in five Ks or or more out there in the world, but I, I guess we're gonna find out pretty soon. Daryl, where would you like to go the most?
1: Um definitely the way in I think um we were there last year and it was my favorite event of the year outside of Ireland. Um it was pretty special. Um if they put a 40 million guarantee on it, that that that, that will that, that'll be absolutely huge too. I think GG are kind of taking the approach that Yeah, we'll put a big guarantee, but um, we'll mostly rely on the power of the bracelet. Now, Mm. they're giving out about 200 of those things every year. So (laughs) it it feels like a diminishing uh, brand. It's certainly something which I'm not as motivated by as I used to be. Um, Prague is always, you know, I think Prague will get primarily the European crowd. I mean, there's a lot of people who just won't travel that far for a poker tournament anyway uh, in December. So uh, particularly when when there's a good festival on in Europe at the same time. So um, yeah, I I would de- definitely be leaning towards the win. The win is my favorite place to play in Vegas, uh, um, bar none. And um, the event last year, which was the first, uh, was a massive success, and they they really looked after the player experience. Let's say, um, which I don't think I don't think they will be the same can be said of the WSAP or or even stars these days.
0: Yeah, I, I think. An interesting aspect to all of this actually is how poker stars, I'm pretty sure we're already planning to pull out of the Bahamas and the PCA. So it does feel a little like GG are are picking up sloppy seconds here uh, with a, a venue that has been historically plagued with problems. We obviously had Tom Hall on a recent show and he described Issues he had getting pulled off a plane to be searched for money he didn't have. And then missing said plane in the process, a bit, a bit of a nightmare story there. And there are even worse ones online uh, down the years. If, if you read them, uh, aside from that, Atlantis is violently expensive place to go as well. So, yeah, all, all things do point to the, the win sort of, you know, continuing their success. And maybe this GGWSOP event may come a cropper, but you never know. They, they, they've obviously got the, the power of the online brand. Um, that will satellite people from all over the world regardless of territory or territorial restrictions so you know they they, they do manage to 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 pull uh rapid out of hat sometimes there anyway yeah, I guess that uh, would
1: was... before we move on Matt, I think the one area where there might be massive values is, is in the online satellites mm. um even for the Wsa period a lot of the satellites overlaid uh, including the one that, uh, that I got into the main event that's why in fact I ended up max late regging because there was essentially a 30 40 percent uh, overlay at that point point. I think there's these ones have the potential to overlay even more. so um if I'm sure they'll get they'll they'll qualify the right number, the number that they've said, but you know it may cost them quite a lot of money to do so.
0: Yeah, I don't know if you heard about this one, Ari, but uh, Dara played a, uh, a satellite for I think it was like three minutes and forty seconds, and won his WSOP seat this year, wasn't it? Yeah, Dara? It was actually
1: 20, 21 minutes, but ah, tw-
0: sorry, sorry, yeah, uh,
1: it was, uh, <laughs> it was pretty decent, hourly. Yeah, it just <laughs> that I happened to notice that the satellite was uh, overlaying very heavily, so I clicked the red button at the last possible minute and uh, uh, got lucky, obviously.
0: Indeed. Well, look, you mentioned there how uh, devalued this uh, the WSOP jewelry is these days. Is that that segue is. Perfectly now to Ari, your recent successes on the belts. She recently attended the WSOP Circus event in Northern California, a 10-day festival in the... Uh, Grattan Casino, I think it was, in Rohnert Park um, that had 20 ring events attached. Uh, bang smack in the middle of that festival. On consecutive evenings, you took down back-to-back tournaments in the Horse and Big O events. Uh, no sooner was the ink dry on articles celebrating your 14th circuit ring when poker journalists were scrambling to write a follow-up on your record-tying 15th. Um, I read poker.org's Brad Willis' article. It was a great one, actually. One of the best articles of the year so far. He he said maybe you're the best grinder among the legion of grinders on the WSOP circus. What did you feel when you read that?
2: Um yeah, I I think he's a great writer. And um it kind of uh brought me back to the day uh when there was more articles like that. Um I, I, for some reason I'm thinking of uh Paulie, who used to write a uh, Dow Pauly. Pauly. Um yeah. Yeah, yeah, or whatever. Um Yeah. So like uh, I kind of remember a lot of articles uh, with that kind of, you know, uh, more uh, flowery language and and things like that. Um, So, yeah, I I appreciate that. Um, Also, I have to give a shout out to my marketing department um, who uh, (laughs) did an unbelievable job. Uh, I've never seen so many articles written about two 50 person or 60 (laughs) person tournament wins for a combined 10,000. (laughs) Or <laughs> uh, twelve thousand. um so yeah the, the my marketing team and you know it's quite a big team uh we really uh they're all getting bonuses and um yeah they did they did fant- fantastic um it's one of those things where uh you know winning a lot of these uh, circuit rings you kind of you know as a poker player you'd like to be in the position um where you're not winning so many of them because if you get good enough you don't want to play three and four hundred dollar live tournaments um but you know i i kind of know where i belong and so uh i'm playing a lot of the minor league stuff uh and that's kind of you know it's good i you know i'm i make a living this way and um i get to play against weaker competition but um but yeah if uh, a lot of people say if i had the bankroll um, you know that these tried and, these tried fools would be uh they'd be they'd be all out of a job you know chidwick and and these guys they'd have no shot against me um but um yeah wasting
0: all that run good in these 400 games
2: (laughs) Uh, yeah yes um imagine where i'd be if i ran average it would be it'd be scary um yeah so um it's uh you know it's it's nice and it's nice to win any tournament that you enter but uh But obviously, for sure, you know, seeing like 13 articles about it, it kind of is uh, a little bit, I don't know what the word is. uh, Yeah.
0: You have your uh, fanboys and fangirls in uh, many places, clearly. Interesting what you said there sort of brings me to my next point, actually, the term grinder, which, you know, obviously Brad used there. It's kind of double-edged in a way. In some contexts, it is obviously a mark of respect. It's a sort of an acknowledgement of professionalism and hard work. In others, though, it's, it's sort of derisive, too, kind of the opposite of ball, or definitely a version of poker that would have maybe all the James Bond stuff removed. Um, how do you feel about that phrase?
2: Um, yeah, I mean, I, I always kind of think that, like, the hard work thing is, like, misapplied to someone that plays a lot of tournaments, um, especially a lot of low-buying tournaments, um, because... You know a lot of the work that you can do nowadays would be off the felt and so someone that, like me that plays too many too many too much poker is not doing enough of the off the felt work um and it just doesn't really feel like it's work you know uh that much just showing up and playing some tournaments and you know putting in putting in the reps in that regard um i i play a lot of live tournaments i don't know if grinder is the word for that or whatever i mean for sure. I enter, you know, in the last decade, I've entered into more live tournaments than than anyone. I can't can't imagine um that anyone, you know, I haven't had a home since 2012. So uh um yeah, I'm, I'm, i play a lot of these tournaments. Um I'm gonna get a lot of results, but uh as you guys know, maybe not everyone knows, you know, hand the mob and those kind of sites don't track entries. So uh, you know it looks, it looks better on paper than it is. Uh, no complaints. I'm doing well, but um, there's a lot of entries that go into any, uh, any one win or any, you know, a uh, set of wins. And um, I don't know, you know, it is, it, 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 there there is no James Bond aspect to, to the way I live. Maybe, you know, I imagine like, I mean, watching some of the, you know, social media, you know, guys like, controversial bring penny um you know for sure do live uh the more uh the more you know that kind of lifestyle but um more yeah, more, bond, know,
0: I, more bond villain surely in that case <laughs> yeah
2: yeah um <laughs> but um but but yeah i'm uh I, I i play small buying tournaments i win some of them i lose a lot of them um and I'm not that good at poker. I'm good enough to to win. So, you know, that's that's kind of that's kind of where I am I'm
0: at. Well, Dara, quick question for you on this one. Obviously, you, you do an awful lot of coaching. And um, I suppose unless you're an incredible raw talent, there has to be some amount of grinding, at least in the beginning of a career. And I I know you do coach a lot of, you know, up-and-coming guys. You've mentioned a couple of up-and-coming Irish players that you, you you've sort of said to me are, are ones to watch in the future as well. Um How much do you sort of try to instill a grinder mentality into them? And is it, I suppose, healthy to do so? Like, should people be shooting for the stars a little bit more or should they be very much knuckling down, in your opinion?
1: Uh, I think they should very very much be knuckling down. The way way poker has changed over the course of our careers is that at the start, you could get by on a certain amount of for want of a better word, natural talent or, nat- or natural aptitude, and you didn't really have to work away from the table. Uh, that's kind of gone now. Um, you know, it, there's always going to be guys who are going to work harder if you're not going to work. It, it's kind of a double-edged sword when you're starting this. It means like guys get good much faster than they used to. Like we've seen guys who weren't playing at the start of the pandemic and now they're among the best players in the world. Yeah. Um, and and that's because there's there, there there's so much uh, content, so much information out there for them to study. So that's kind of the path now to poker success. It's it's putting in a lot of work, um, and but also I think particularly the way online is going, um, the margins are shrinking online. Um, more and more players, uh, let's say, there's more like dead, there's less dead money, and there's more good players competing for that dead money. So the margins are are, are coming down, which means that if you want to make a decent living online, uh, particularly since a lot of guys need to be staked. Uh, so therefore, they're giving up a percentage of their profits. They, they just have to do very high volume, um, and that's a, that's a skill in itself. Like being able to play high volume five, six days a week, do long sessions. That that that's a skill which uh, which is necessary to to uh, thrive in the current online environment. And it's it's a skill that not everybody has. There are some guys who come to me; they're great at poker, but they you know they they just can't grind like that. Um, so they're never going to make. A huge amount online, unless they put so much work in that they become one of the best players in the world, and and then they're, they can they can beat all the high stuff uh, where you know you don't have to play massive volume. But for sort of the mid stakes grinders now, that is the path. Um, the uh, the edges are just much lower. You're going to have to put in the volume uh, to make a decent living.
0: Yeah, very good advice. Uh, I, I have to wholeheartedly agree. I, I do think uh, it, it's funny when when I started, I looked at the period before. And was like, oh my God, I wish I'd played earlier because it was amazing and now it's hard. But every year that goes by, you look back on the last couple of years and think it was easier and that sort of never seems to stop. So yeah, I think you're right. And I think we have reached a point where it's especially hard. Now, Harry, you are very modest. And you've been very modest in this interview actually as well because you know, you're joking about like 40 runner, 60 runner horse events or whatever for 400 quid or whatever it is. But like actually in reality, you know, this is, these are pieces of a, of, a, of a puzzle. These are pieces of a, a, a much bigger achievement, which is those 45 wins and these uh, 15 circuit rings and whatever. And I'm interested to know how much you actually think about legacy, if at all, uh, beyond obviously just playing for a living. Um, how much maybe are you invested in a number, if that's like a number of wins at the end of your career or a, or a financial number? Uh, and how much would something like, now being tied at the top of the circuit ring leaderboard, play into the idea of legacy.
2: So I've always looked to um, I, would, I would look to motivate myself in non-monetary ways because you know obviously you know the main thing that's what I do for a living. So you know the monetary stuff kind of talks for itself. But you know I've I started playing for a living in two thousand and four. So it's been a long time and it's, uh there's, you know, like, you know, thankfully I'm in the situation where um, even if I go on a bad run for the next six months, I'm going to be able to pay my bills and my rent. Um, so they, I don't have that, you know, sense of, of hunger from from the financial stuff, at least in the short term. Um, so looking for non-financial uh, motivations has always been uh at least you know the last 10 years uh something that i've tried to find in different ways so whether it's uh a leaderboard or uh, or you know now that i'm you know close to the top or you know at the top of the ring list uh yeah for sure that's that, that I, I do find that motivating and uh, if it's close i will uh i'll play a circuit event now um rather than some other brand because because of that um but but you know i i i wouldn't i wouldn't try and overplay uh you know a minor league title uh i don't think being uh i you know, you know um it it'd be cool it'd be cool it'd be cool for sure to get it but uh at the same time it's uh you know it's 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 uh it's not like this huge thing in my life that i uh yeah it, I, you can see from my answer, I'm kind of uh, a little
0: bit <laughs> torn. A, yeah. No, I, I, well, again, I think it's it's a lot of modesty coming out, but also like you, you have a, a good head on your shoulders. You're you're not kind of losing the plot either. I get both sides of that. Um, finally, question for for you, Ari. Um, we've spoken to quite a few players down the years who've travelled the world circuit for any length of time. And then actually kind of got sick of it and actually really these days love the fact that they've settled down and and do much less travel. Can you imagine a time where you travel less and settle down like that?
2: Yeah, so, you know, uh, when COVID hit that, uh, that I was, I was always going back and forth between online and live. Um, And um, throughout, throughout the 2010s, I would play uh, the big series online almost every year. Uh, and, um, and then when, when US state started legalizing online poker, I would start traveling. Um, I remember when Pennsylvania legalized online poker in November 19, I ended up going there and just, uh, like I had been to Prague every year of the 2010s and, um, I ended up skipping, uh, EPT Prague just to stay and play online poker, which four months later I regretted because, uh, live poker was not around and I was going to be playing online for the next uh, year and a half. Um, So, yeah. So, so basically, you know, when, when COVID came, I started playing tons online again and I really enjoyed it. Um, And I have since then um, played a lot more online um, than, than I had in, you know, the 2015 to 2019 period. Uh, And I like going back and forth between the two, um the actual settling down and getting a place um there isn't any one place that i want to live right now so uh <clears throat> i think uh the the games in vegas are like you know 400 live tournament in vegas is just like so much tougher than any other 400 live tournament anywhere else so it just feels kind of dumb to to be playing live tournaments out of vegas that the online stuff are you know but are also tougher than uh, at least the other u.S uh, states too many too many professionals are part of the pool. um uh when it comes to tax purposes the other states that uh have legal online poker are, are much worse uh situation to live in um uh when it comes to like international stuff um I uh I don't know there's, there's no, like, I kind of like, like the English speaking, uh, kind of, uh, Western lifestyle, uh, you know, where it's more in my comfort zone. I don't really speak other languages and, um, there's just not as many, I don't like, you know, the Montreal winters. I don't like the Vancouver, uh, rain. My family lives in America. So like each place kind of has, it's like, uh, you know, pros and cons and, um, I uh yeah I mean I at times I do get you know of course like in a downswing the traveling is is not as exciting um I do get like a fresh sense of motivation or something excitement I guess um at the beginning of a stop so it's amazing like my mindset the last tournament of one stop compared to the first tournament of the next stop um there's this sense of renewal and excitement um that comes from that um and uh and I like the the freedom and flexibility of you know I don't know where I'll be and I get to choose and kind of have a lot of uh, a lot of like you know I can choose to go play uh, I was looking at like this mixed game schedule in Taiwan and seriously considering going to that um, and the fact that I don't have a rent or a mortgage and that would end up you know having double expenses makes it so that lower buying stuff. Uh, become more playable because you don't have the double expense
0: yeah it makes a lot of sense i, I will give a shout out here to the uh, irish summers dara you'd agree they're very uh they're very pleasant Could give them a go at some point maybe are you know um yeah.
1: well you've i mean you've been you've, you've been living abroad for so long now you probably don't realize but actually our summers have gotten better um, have they shout out to global warming but
0: well, uh, in fairness, I was a cricketer, so I was out there during the summers. Uh, yeah,
1: it's, it's it's quite funny. Like people have gone from sort of like Ireland's the worst place in Europe to spend summer to actually it's not the worst place. The worst place is some of these places that have got insanely hot now, and mm. Ireland's actually sort of very mild by comparison. Um, yeah, no, we get we get up into the high twenties, which is sort of the pleasant temperature, not the not the high thirties, which as we found out last week is not the pleasant temperature.
0: There you go, Ari. There's an idea in case you ever do settle down. We're I dark. can't
2: imagine go. I can't imagine going anywhere else outside of Vegas in the summer. It's just amazing weather. And uh, <laughs> when the World, si- when World Series is over, I I stay for another six weeks just for the weather. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, look before we go. Uh, sticking with the topic of poker travel, I guess in a way is a very hard segue. Um, I want to remind everyone about all the satellites to live events uh, we're currently running on Unibet Poker. There is a weekly uh, deep stack open seat only final, which can be used in the upcoming Malta Poker Festival. I know that's a very popular stop for people. It's running over the Halloween period this year. Also on Halloween is the IPO. And we have a weekly final on Sundays for both the IPO 350 main event. That's about in your ballpark there, Ari, if you fancy a 350 in Dublin. There we go. Um, there's yeah. a 50 quid satellite to that. And the IPO chip race classic which you know as we know whenever we do this Derek, it really becomes the the real main event uh, it will be a two day tourney uh, played over that same weekend it's a 200 quid seat and the study for that one is twenty five dollars again on a Sunday on UniBet. Uh, a reminder also that the big one that we're building up to at the end of the year, uh, which doesn't clash with any of that other stuff, where we, we you know, they they didn't dare clash with our event Dara. They 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 went against each other, but they forgot about us the week before. And um, the UniBet Open Bucharest will be November twenty eighth to December second. There's a two hundred fifty quid satellite to that one into our two K package, which is really worth about two and a half grand because I've seen how much we give away. Um, and that's also played on a Sunday. On that note, it remains for me to thank our fantastic guest, Ari Engel.
2: Thank you. I appreciate it. And uh, I don't have a Romanian flag yet. So uh, the Aha. Bucharest tournament uh, sounds pretty exciting.
0: That's actually going to be a great event. So, yeah, you should you should yeah. give that one serious consideration. And, Tara, thank you, too. Thanks, David.
1: Um, yeah, I'm very much looking forward to Bucharest. That's probably the thing I'm looking forward to most now for the rest of the year.
0: Yeah, got to agree with that one. I haven't been back in the remaining capital for, I think it was maybe three years ago we were last there. And uh, the Marriott Hotel there really is one of the best poker venues. It's just a big open plan hotel where all the players can kind of hang out in the foyer as well when they're in Loser's Lounge and haven't made any money. Anyway, on, the, on, on that really depressing note of reminding people that sometimes <laughs> you don't cash in poker tournaments when you play them.
2: Take care, everyone.